With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey everybody, Kyler Davenport here, and let me see if I can get my mute off. Yeah, there it is. We are up and we are on. Uh, let me tell Ed something here. You know the uh, blah 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 stuff. Who is that, Piper? Yes. I would know <laughs> blah, that. Blah, 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 <laughs> I would know that giggle anywhere. I would know that. Come on in, Ed Roman. Uh, we are here. Uh, call Mary. Yeah, okay. Good, good. I'm glad I've learned to type. Damn, I'll tell you what. I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are live on Alternative Public Radio International tonight. And you do whatever you want. You're the producer. I'm just the host. I don't care what y'all do over there. Um. Ed's coming in, Mr. Roman, from Canada in five minutes, he says. I'm on with my co-host, number one, my Piper Casper, and we are here tonight. We are here. I've got a headache tonight, so uh, I'm going to put all the shouldering over on you and Ed Roman tonight, uh, Piper. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Who's that little cartoon character that used to do the? Uh oh. Oh, that was that was the uh, Teddy. What are they called? The what are they called? The t- the little Teletubbies. <laughs> oh my God! Really? Oh oh oh. You remember yeah, the Teletubbies? You remember no. the Teletubbies? 
Yeah, but every time I heard it, it's like I wanted to get a rubber mallet in my hand and continue to hit my head every time they said it, you know? <laughs> they would run and hide in their spaceship at the end of the show. That was kind of weird, yeah. man. Kind of strange. Oh, you know, trying to get the younger ones ready for anything galactic happening, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 they probably were. And, 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 and sexless society, because they were all sexless. Exactly, no gender. No gender, so they were getting us kids prepared for that, I guess. And it is happening now, so uh, so many so many different genders out there, transgender and cross-gender and uh, uh, morphodites and queer and... You name it, it's there. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of different varieties going on out there. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's hard to even talk to people anymore. You don't know what you're talking to or who you're talking to. Yeah. How have you been? I have been busy, I guess is a really good word. Every time I turn around, I'm on the phone <laughs> or I'm getting a call. <laughs> really? So, yes, yes. It has been very, very, very busy. Uh, most of it's good. Uh, but it's just with a lot of people who are needing a little help, getting things done along the way in the right way. And so I take the time and guide them through. <laughs> yeah, I was going to put the question to you and Ed both tonight. Uh, I think Ed Johnson is going to pop by. We're going to have to give him a Xanax and let him cough <laughs> in a little bit. He needs to stay really calm. You need to keep him quiet tonight. Um <laughs> We're not going to take the normal direction tonight. Uh, it could spin off that way, but I hope not. Um, where was I going with that? Um, I lost my train of thought. Well, we weren't going to take a normal the normal uh, thing tonight. We'll twist we, on things. So yeah, yeah, a little little twist on things, and uh, I think that's I think that's a good thing. And and I want I want you and Ed both to talk about your successes and what that looks like, um, what that really, really looks like and how that might be verified if ever, because that's what I put to Ed on the show the other night. Um, Mm -hmm. as far as, uh, showing me who is getting the benefits of your education, his education, and these are questions that are coming up all over the network. I mean, these are questions that are coming up more and more and more. Uh, Ed, are you on with us? I'm here, sir. How are you? Hello, Mr. Roman. How are you doing? My co-host number two. Uh, good, Mr. Davenport. Number number one. Number one. Number two. <laughs> I got my co-host Piper Casper on and my co-host Ed Roman on. And we may have our guest drop by. Mr. Ed Johnston may drop by, but as I said, Ed's going to have to take a chill pill tonight. I've got a headache. <laughs> so I'm making you and Ed Roman fully responsible for Ed's behavior tonight. I think a good, le- a good leveling quotient will be the ghost of Hervé Villachez. I said what you said. I agree with it. Whatever, it, whatever the hell it means, I agree with it. Um yeah, I was just I was just talking about, you know, wanting to verify some folks that Piper and Ed are working with 
who are doing all of these things, I want to talk to some folks who can say, wow, look what we did. We did this and we did that and we did this and we did that and this is what happened here and this is what happened there and this is the way this works and this is the way that worked and that didn't work. That's what everybody's wanting to see now. That's where we are right now in this timeline. That's that's huge, should I say, in so many words, because you got a lot of people out there who have done certain things by trial and error, whether they worked or haven't worked. And the big thing is, and I'm pretty sure that some of the other guys would agree with me here, is that they don't all want to come forward and say anything because they feel like they're going to be targeted or they're going to be treated a different way or, you know, something is going to go wrong. Um, and I, got, I do get a lot of that. I get a lot of that, <laughs> you know, from people saying, okay, yeah, this, this, and this, and it worked right, or this, this, and this, and it didn't work. But how many people are actually going to come forward and say, hey, I did this one? Because they know everybody's listening, and they know that they they don't want to become a target. Everybody, I, I should, be, everybody should be listening. Everybody should be learning what really does work and what really is right to do. If it's right to right. do and there's nothing right. wrong with it, then they should be willing to come forward and say, this is what I did right by the Constitution, by the Declaration of Independence. Sure. But, how many, but you know, you you got to figure some people just don't, they don't want you to say anything. They just want you to be quiet. Now, I reviewed a video a while back. I won't say who I got it from, but I did review a video of some uh, – um, we call them whistleblowers, and they call themselves whistleblowers. And the thing about that video was is they were asking for a bill to be passed so that way they could be protected. And all they're doing is, do, you know, they're whistleblowing on, you know, things that are right out the same thing we do, but slightly different, of course. But, you know, a, a whistleblower, uh, people hear that word, and they oh, my God, they're out there saying stuff we don't want them to say. We don't want too many people to know. It's okay for some to know but not for a whole bunch of people to know. So that's where you kind of get into that little sticky area. It's like, okay, do I do this or do I not? And do I come forward and say my experiences or do I not? So, yeah, I have, I, I can speak on some of that. I certainly can, you know, from the people who I've helped, and, and they will remain nameless. Right. Um, but we can certainly, you know, or at least I can talk about the success and experiences that they have had. For instance, I asked Mr. Johnston, if he's still paying his electric bill after he's mouthing off to me for five or six hours about not paying a fucking electric bill. And then he tells me he's paying his, but he's working on it. So that, you know, that pisses me off. You know, don't be telling me, don't be telling me you're such a big shot and you telling everybody that quit paying their electric bills, that it's already paid by the 3.9% or whatever that the electric companies are getting. And then tell me that you're fucking paying your electric bill. Right. Right. Then he said, oh, oh, well, I'm working on it. Uh, well, uh, I'm working on it. I said, you know, that just sounds completely stupid to me, Ed. Completely stupid. You know what that is? Is that, and I can cut. I can understand where he's coming from because I, I have done that. I have helped other people do things, and in, if I find that method, whether it be by trial and error, and it works. And I know that somebody else could use that right now versus me in my position. Like they need it now. They're 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 really. I've got some people who really really need that help. So I will go and help them first, and it will be successful. You know because I've figured it out, trial and error, et cetera. 
And, and yes, well, it sounds, but have I done it yet? No, now I've got to go do mine because I did theirs, you know, or I helped them do theirs. So now I've got to put my foot in my own mouth and go do it. You what know? do you think about, don't you think I'm right, Ed, in asking our guests and others to, for, for, to, to put up or shut up and, you know, in a way, I mean. Well, I, you know, I also think it has to do with the way you live your life every day. I mean, when you're talking about whistleblowing, you know. No, I mean, I mean, as far as our guest, you know, as our guest Piper and Ed, and 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 people that we know in the loop, Piper and I know, uh, and and some of the big mouths out there who Piper and I don't like, who go off on tangents and try to teach people the wrong way. I mean, don't you think they should put up or shut up? I mean, I don't think that as dangerous as this is that you should be telling people how to do it if you haven't done it and been successful at it yourself and well, facing no, of off with the police and facing off with the judges in a real court and a real prosecutor and a real district attorney. Well, that's it. This is the whole thing. It's to one thing is to talk to talk and then walk to walk. You know, Noam Chomsky would say things like, you know, uh, you have every reason to check out uh, what I'm talking about and believe yes. it, but there's absolutely, absolutely no reason why you should. Yes, and, and 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 the thing about this is, what, I guess what I was getting at on the whistleblowing factor wasn't even just more or less going to concentrate on that, but it was more. Look, you know, it's funny. I was out today and uh, down in a little town just south of me, and I was listening to you know you can't help but hear conversations at the drugstore, and this one girl was talking to her mother who was much older. Yeah, and she was trying to explain to her, look, when you do this, mom online you should make sure you do this this and this and she wasn't being quiet about it mm-hmm. she was she was very verbal about it and i thought to myself like you know there's about you know 30 people within five aisles all doing their own thing and i'm sure they could hear it but this is this is the thing you know put up or shut up yeah. if people if people aren't actively communicating every day about what this that is I have no problem walking into a grocery store, and neither should you or anybody else, and talk about well, why the hell is this in the food, or why right. is it? Why is it? Because if if we don't, a lot of times, and this is the thing, like big ideas come from you know small concepts, and if if it's a lead by example mentality, the, you have to like remember so many great you know let's say revolutions or revolutionary concepts or ideas all started with you know, one idea in a group or a person and, yeah. it cha- and, it, and revolutionized and or changed the way that people lived their lives, thought, all of that, uh, part of that process. So I think we have to remind ourselves of the, of the inside of the frustration level because trust me, as an artist, even writing about what I do, it's the same thing. It's like, well, why aren't you writing pop songs about G-strings and, you know, bikinis and, you know, hey, because I'm not into that shit, and I'm 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 here to write about something that means more to me than that. Yeah. And 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 so to me, it's like, and as an educator too, it's the same thing. Look, if I teach a kid for an hour, and 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 we're doing something, you know, tactical and cosmetic with a piece of music, it's one thing. But there's also that five minutes before, and maybe five minutes just before the lesson ends. That there are little things that outside of just regular lesson you know, present itself in terms of conversation. I'm not afraid uh, to talk about it. I've even had parents come here before with their kids and go, look, we know you have a bit of a reputation for being, you know, kind of like, you know, and I'm okay with it because I'm, I smile and I'm like, look, you know, kid, your, your child asks me a question and all I'm trying to do is answer it to the best of my ability. And that's the thing. Your comment yeah. is very, both your comments are very potent because 
There's also a lot of people uh, like mirage men that are disinformation people that are trying to stir the pot in the wrong direction, which allows more of the chaotic mechanism of things to take shape. To take shape. Let let her call Ed in. He's dying here. He's dying to get on. Just a minute. All right. Us, we'll have to hear this ring for a moment. I think. In the way this is set up, we've got five computers running here. They're all. FBI, can we help you? <laughs> Click. Click. Click the dick. I'm you. Good, good, Ed. Mr. Edward Johnston, good to have you on, sir. I know you're you're not Johnston. You're not Johnston, but you're Edward. Hello, Edward. How are you doing? How are you doing tonight? Good. Good. a mad dog trying to get my, uh, my loyal title finished up. Your saddle. Saddle. My lodial title for my land. I thought you said your saddle's uh, sabbed up. I thought you were getting ready to ride out of town there on a horse or something. <laughs> no, no, I haven't done that in a while. I haven't been on horseback in many years, but uh, my one of my goals growing up as a young man was to ride from Portland to San Francisco and San Francisco to Portland. Never been we've, had, uh, we've done some long rides before. We've ridden out of Dallas into Fort Worth and back many times. Um, we have we have Ed uh, Roman on my co-host there. Ed Roman is on, and my co-host Piper Casper is on. Ed. Hello. Hello. Hey, Ed. <laughs> yeah, you know I got a pedicure and a manicure last night. How did you get so uh, blessed? Well, I hear Ed back there laughing his ass off. Um, <laughs> Well, we had an extra chainsaw around here and some pliers and some other implements, other tools, and they went to work on them. My producers went to work on them. They they made fun of my feet first. I had my shoes off, and uh, one of my producers said, uh, looks like we need to get a chainsaw after those things. And I said, what are you talking about? And they said, well, I think you could use a little maintenance on your feet there cowboy mm-hmm. and I said well that's a little embarrassing to me I don't like to talk about my feet I don't like to think about my feet I don't like to look at my feet and I'm not sure I want you looking at my feet and so they kept talking and talking and talking and finally we got to laughing and I looked down there and they didn't really look that great and so they went and got the tools and set up the operating room, and uh, I took off my pants and laid down and went to work. They went to work on them. So it was really interesting. Uh, it was scary. I was terrified. Uh, they did hurt me a couple of times. I threatened to call senior services on their ass. <laughs> oh, wham, wham. They did. They did. They did clip clip into the skin there a couple of times pretty hard. But they come out looking uh, pretty dead gum good. What, Clapper? Oh, you can say I I think it's it's kind of good that you do that. I I, I don't know very many men who get manis and petties. <laughs> well, I used to get manis and petties all the time back when I ran with a jet set, but I that was just a, those days, you know, those days. 
Uh, nowadays, I let my toenails grow out until they curl up. <laughs> you keep them in a bag while you sit on a velvet pillow. <laughs> I just don't give a shit anymore. But you know, actually, they're two old Crown Royal bags, right? That's what that's what they are. Two old Crown Royal bags, but they look. I just wanted you all to know that I look really spiffy with these new toes. And the manicure came out nice. I look good. Um, I'm proud of these nails. I'm going to get my hair cut on Tuesday. And I had my... They shaved me also, by the way. I've got a whole harem going here, it looks like. They shaved me. The girls shaved me. And uh, I look I look, I look, look halfway decent. Uh, we got our testicles all figured out last night on the show. We... Uh, we all figured out uh, what was going on with our testicles there with uh, cancer. Everybody was testing their testicles. I I was the only guy that was doing it on air. I thought we were supposed to do it on air, and we weren't. I, it was supposed to be private in the bathroom. And I, I was... That's more information than we needed to know. I know. It's TMI. And here I am feeling my testicles, and they're like, what are you doing, Tyler? And I'm like, well, I'm checking my testicles. Isn't that what the show's about? They're like, no, no, after the show, you idiot. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) So that went over like a popcorn fart, and everybody was laughing, falling off on the floor. Nobody could keep the microphones on. But anyway, that came out okay, too. I think I'm clear on that. Let me see. What else has happened around here? We went and got uh, 45 gallons of water today and brought it back to up on the mountain. Got $108 worth of gasoline for the RV and uh, $35 worth of propane. And it was all good, man. It's all good. Is this live radio or what, folks? It's pretty funny that you mentioned the water because I went out shopping today and I was looking for distilled water. And not only did I, I didn't find one gallon, not even one bottle of distilled water in this place, but they were pretty much wiped out of every single bit of water they had. Really? There wasn't, yeah, there was, they weren't stocking up on it. I don't know what was going on because normally these people over here will stock up at least, uh, I think it's like on Tuesday or Wednesday. You know, of the week, you can pretty much see all the stocking up on the waters and drinks and sodas and all that. Yeah. All the water is gone. And they, they've got all kinds of sodas and they've got all the drinks that have all that, you know, horrible other toxin stuff in it. <laughs> but you know, look for water and you're not going to find it. You know what's funny is the <laughs> water machine up here is plugged into the front of the store. And it says in small print, this is just tap water from the city. But it's got a real fancy box around it now. That's the good thing. It's got a real fancy box around it, and it says Glacier Fresh. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And it's coming right out of the damn toilet. You know, who cares? Ladies and gentlemen, I've got a PM here, too, wanting me to tell what platforms we're on. Again, I'll run through these real quick, okay, for y'all. And I know it's important to you writers out there who are coming in to write with us. And I know it's important for some of our administrators. I'm going to run through this short list and tell you where we are. We're on, we're on Tumblr, WordPress, Weebly, FastCast for you, TuneIn, 
Blogger, Flickr, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Reverb Nation, Audio Boom, TalkShoe, Blog Talk Radio, and Rebel Mouse. And you can also find me at KylerDavenport.com. I have a new .com now, KylerDavenport.com. And, of course, you can find me, Kyler Davenport News Personality, on Facebook. And you can also find me at Kyler D. Davenport on Facebook. And those are just a few of our platforms that we are on out there in cyberspace. Um, And we have worked very hard. And as I told Ed and Ed, we have worked around the clock to get those all connected where they all talk to each other. That is the hardest part to do is to get these platforms to speak to one another. Um, When we make one post, it hits seven different platforms, which is really a blessing in disguise. I'll tell you, that's really nice when you can when you can get things set up like that. And by the way, we do teach, folks, if you ever know of anyone who needs some extra education in social media, we are here for them. Um, God, I was thinking how good the good old days were. Today, I was outside looking at the vultures flying over and my wild turkeys are mating. It's mating season. My big toms are out here. I was looking at the raccoons running wild, and the tree frogs are back last night. I mean, spring has definitely sprung here in the Northwest, and it is beautiful, and I am happy. I am so happy and so blessed to have a home, to have water, to have propane, to have gas. (laughs) Well, come on. It's raining right now. What are you worried about? I got buckets out there and barrels so blessed to have some dry goods in the in the, in the box here and i feel guilty eating gourmet food you know we eat we don't do drugs we don't do alcohol but we we do eat and i mean we eat good you know we're talking i'm not even going to tell you how good we eat it would be embarrassing uh but i know ed roman he's another eater he eats good and him and i both are on the same page when it comes to eating good home prepared food and that's what we do here Aren't you, Ed? Well, you know, man, if you are where you eat, it's as corny as it sounds, but it's true. And uh, Mm -hmm. the other aspect of it is that, you know, aside from supporting local growers and people that are doing this because, uh, you know, the old adage is now as well, it's not that old. If you can afford to farm, you can afford to retire. If people are doing this because they want to provide good quality food, they understand what's happened with pharmacological practices over the last 20 years. Um, and, and, and when you're doing that, you know, and you're cooking and or even growing your own food, what that does is it puts you back into the recognition of what that importance is. It's not just the arbitrary action of lining up at the food trough terminal, paying for it, walking out, saying hello to the girl at the checkout counter, and going home you start to realize that the effort that goes into it or and or the symbiotic sort of concepts that are going on between you and your living environment far exceed anything that you could ever pay for out of your wallet. And, 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 and once again, in this day and age, it's like, well, should we not be kind of living our lives? It even goes to that same mentality we were talking before at the beginning of the conversation. So I do this not because I post my food because I want to make people jealous. I'm trying to do it to say, look, you can do this. Look what I'm doing. 
you know, and I, and it's, I don't have to write a book. I don't have to do anything other than show it and, and describe it, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing that we have to do, just like having the communication at the drugstore so people can hear, hey, that ain't good, man. Don't buy that. Why would I look you buy forward. That? I look forward to your post, your food posts now. <laughs> I mean, I really do look forward to them. And other people do too, by the way. Well, and I, you know, it's not—it's encouraging too because you know what? I, if people are doing that, even with kids in the house, you know, get them off the machines and you know, do what they need to do as far as what they are as kids at school and everything else. But you know, when you're doing that at home with mom and dad, and it's—it's it's, it's family, it's the experience of it all, and post everybody's in cleanup, they're doing—it's it, very, you know, it, it should be happening. It's no different than. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm always, when I'm planning those kinds of posts, bring gardening back into the public schools. Bring, bring that tactical behavior into the teaching environment. Look, mathematics, arithmetic, uh, you know, reading, writing, all of those skills, gym, you know, athletics. It's, but it, we're talking about what keeps us and sustains us in a healthy, perpetual existence as people. So if we're being fed crap and we don't care about it, you know, and we don't know because we're not being educated. Yes, this is what a tomato does, da 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 da. But if you're not actually experiencing it and understanding it from people that are doing it, you're lost, man. You're lost. I wanted to, um, I wanted to read you all something I wrote this morning early. Piper, did you just uh, like something on my page? <laughs> yeah, it's making me thirsty. I'm like all these food stuffs making me hungry. <laughs> I can't find it. It won't let me find you. It's done it ten times to me. It, it, it really? pisses, pisses me off. I'll be a little bit late hitting it, but I'll still hit it, and it'll take me to somebody else's page. I can't find you even in the worlds now. I can't even message you anymore, man. It's still coming up is that you've got me blocked. or you, I, A sender will not receive messages from you. Yeah, I know. Time. We've done everything okay. in our human power to... You, you and me both. You and me both. Well, today's been pretty weird, I guess, weather-wise, too. You know, maybe we had some CMEs or something that were affecting, you know, cell cell phones, the calls, the texts, emails, everything. Well, I know there's a lot of shit going on in space that we don't know a whole lot about right now that's affecting a lot of shit down here. Uh, let me read this piece I wrote, and then we can move on and get the night going here. I sound so excited, don't I? Um, here goes. This is called uh, Voices Unheard. We live in a world of our own making. We shape our world with words. Words become things, and things become words. Our reality is an illusion. It begs many questions. The very fiber of our being calls out for clarity and meaning. Ideas are born out of experience, perception, capacity, and ability. Freedom is an idea of self-expression. Liberty is something that is given by another. This concept of right and wrong are delusions. What is right and just to one is absurd to another. To judge another as wrong is a reflection of your programming and indoctrination. We are just one of a billion cultures, a mere speck on the face of infinity. Our search for meaning will end in death. Oh, permanent death. We stand at the edge of the abyss. 
we cry out to the void, our voices unheard. Where is the Savior, these angels, these demons? Come and show yourself. Come out of the deep void. My words swallowed by this machine, my spirit crushed, my soul longing. My body quivers with disgust because I know that I am nothing but food for worms. End. Wow. Very deep. Yeah. What would you all think about that? Kind of sound like a bit of a cross between a Rasta man and, a, and, an, and, an, and an Indian guru. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, they, it's funny that because, you know, out of so many different, like, experiences I've had with, like, concepts and living in life and philosophy and, like, what it is and what people have experienced or what they are about to experience or what, you know, they actually think life is, all of that is so, you know, individualistic. There's, you know, the old thing where it's like, have you ever thought that every action that you're experiencing, you know, is actually a part of a, like a bigger equation and behind something that your reaction to has greater effect in the actual, you know, uh, incoming information to what you're experiencing. It's like, and and this is like what you're talking about inside of this program and the matrix of things. And, And as people, when we're, when we're, the moment we pop out of mama, you know, we're already uh, in our created civilized environment have so many uh, regulations and, and boxes that things sort of fit into that it's pretty hard for the average individual, unless you're living like a feral child amongst animals, to have this concept of free will. George Carlin has wonderful ways of summating this with, you know, sarcasm and humor. Mm-hmm. But But really, that's that's where, you know, the division that we now live in, in terms of so many things in the 21st century, whether it's politics, religion, you know, sociological things, uh, philosophical things, the way we choose to live our lives, but rules and regulations that say that we can't, but, you know, people are just trying to live their lives freely and healthily without, you know, all of that makes you sort of, you know, question, you know, what is the, what is the grand math? behind this and you know mathematicians that study chaos theory and Uh how and how it works and how it evolves is basically well you know you can set anything into motion and like i said it has greater consequence than you actually think people think well yeah they're just watching a tv show that kid is just watching a cartoon that kid is just playing a video game but there are so many elaborate things that are happening to the psyche Mm -hmm. in those experiences that people Mm -hmm. just judge it as like well jimmy's watching tv you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, so it's you know it's it, it powerful. And on a on a on a quantum level, there are a quadrillions of things happening. Exactly. Yeah. Very, very, very interesting. You know, I was going to say to Ed and and Piper tonight that um, all that they are teaching me, all that I am learning, is wonderful, exciting, uh, thrilling, even. Um, shocking, uh, but we need to learn how to use it. You know, we we need to learn how to use it. We need to learn how to use these tools. 
And it takes time. I said last night on the show, it takes time. It takes passion. It takes concentration. It takes a know-how. You have to have some skill, some intellect going on, some reading skills, some comprehension skills, and you have to be willing to sacrifice what you've been taught, which is mostly all wrong. And you have to be able to rethink your existence and your reality and your life. Uh, and that is a very difficult thing to do sometimes. It's a very, very difficult thing to do. Well, I guess that's another reason, too, Kyler, why I brought up Carlin or even other people, too. Like, are you familiar with Jim Mars, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Jim has a lovely way of putting things in his books and when he speaks and he's interviewed and does his speaking tours and things like that. And he's like, here's his idea of how that works. Like he'll say like somebody, well, where did Panama hats come from? And people will say Panama. He's like, no, they come from Ecuador. And how long did the hundred year war last? hundred years. No, 116 years. What color is a purple finch? Purple? No, it's red. All these things in terms of perception and, and how we're taught and what that they are, what they actually are. If you ask people today, who, who discovered America? They'll say Christopher Columbus. Of course they will. Right? Who, who shot JFK? Lee Harvey Oswald. Of who, course. You know, they will. Right. So so that's what I mean. And and my mom and I, she's such a you know wonderful person outside of just being my mom. If I can say that as a third party person, she you know she's like history's written by the victors, but it's never ever correct. Did you, uh, Ed Johnston, did you happen to read what I asked you to read? Uh, which was that? What did, back I, to me. what did I ask you to read yesterday? And I told you to call me back, and you said you'd call me back today. The Inside Out of Kyler Davenport. Who else is right? Oh, I didn't finish it. You didn't finish it. No, I do. I have to move to that because I've been working on these two projects for... Yeah, you're so goddamn self-absorbed. I know what's going on with you. Um, you need to take a minute and finish that. Uh, it's not All right, let me get back over your page and get it. Grader. An eighth grader. Let me go to your page and get it. Two and a half minutes. It, I know. I mean, I, I can admit when I'm wrong and when I didn't fall through. Roman, did you get a chance to read that? I have not read it, to be quite honest with you yet, Carly. Good, I, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, hey, hey, I, I could bullshit, but honesty is the best policy, man. I know, I agree with you. Yeah, because there is a test at the end of this. Um, Lampert, did you read it? I have not gotten... Uh, it, we're all doing good. <laughs> ah. No, no, I... I won't lie, I have not read it. I haven't read hardly anything that's been sent to me. <laughs> I've been on the phone. <laughs> you are you see, we're all self absorbed, see? I read about eighty I read about eighty percent of the things you send me and it's funny about sixty percent of the time it's things that I've already kind of looked at. Okay, now we're talking the inside out of Davenport, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bio on his early birth. Okay, I've got it up now. Let me go surf it and uh, then I'll get back to you here in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, surf it. Mute yourself and surf it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Y'all, anything anymore? Y'all, read what I send you. <laughs> well, it's a good question. I read what y'all send me, and I think it should be kind of quid pro quo. I mean, I'm really interested in what y'all are doing, and it's doing, and it's doing, and Piper's doing. And I think we need to kind of stick together like that. When I send something to someone, it's usually for a, a real kind of reason beyond mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 
this is the deep gut of, of hell in me. This is me. This is all me. You want me to read it to you? It's real short. No, go ahead. I'm reading it right now, but go ahead and read it to everybody so that way they can get it. This is something that not very many people have witnessed or not very many people have done, not very many people have experienced. <clears throat> little aborted fetuses lying in my morgue in dolls' clothes and little red ski hats like little shriveled prunes, eyes squinched. Mama says, don't they look so precious? I'm thinking to myself, we should just throw them away. That's what we do with most of the fetuses around here. Mama wants a proper burial, so we give it to her. Fetus after fetus after fetus, like little alien beings from another planet. I held them in the palm of my hand, and I said, God, where in the hell are you? Standing among stinking, rotting, decomp, swollen, oozing bodies of all race and age, the smell on my clothes forever embedded, just can't seem to get that shit off. Call after call after call, sometimes you think you're in hell. Life is hell, you know. But you just got to keep on keeping on. It's in your blood, the guts, the gore, the stench, the stink, that next scene. I just got to go to that next scene. Fat man stuffed himself in the camper box, blew a perfect Texas star right between his eyes, laid there for 10 days before we got to him, 100 degrees plus. I know those parts are going to fall off. First a leg, then an arm. Ain't no body bag gonna contain that fat ass. Suicide, 19 years old, stuffed in a camper box. Being connected to the crematorium just made everything worse. Cooking body after body after body, raking what's left into my little tray, picking out the metal with a magnet, crushing those final bones into powder. Oops, gotta check that one in the oven. Brains haven't fully cooked out yet. Got to leave him in another 30 minutes. Ever seen a body explode and go bad in the oven? Somebody's got to clean that shit up, that nasty body fluid. Somebody's got to slip and slide in it. How do you clean this shit up with a mop that has been used over and over and over and over again? We got a thousand toe tags stuffed in the back room next to the old wood stove where they used to burn babies back before we had the big fancy ovens that sound like a 747 when you crank that button up. Assholes used to burn two bodies at a time until they got their ass kicked. All kinds of nasty shit goes on inside this place. I could give a box of crushed pinto beans and tell you it was your daddy and you really wouldn't know the fucking bit of difference. You never know the exact amount of ashes your loved one had anyway. You were just mixed in with all the other bodies in the oven, one after the other, one after the other, bones flicking and flying in every direction. That shit goes up your nose and in your hair. You breathe it down into your body. I kind of miss that smell. It's an odd kind of natural organic <coughs> smell. I loved working in the morgue. It gives you a strange sense of power. I used to wonder what some of the young fucked-up embalmers did to those young, pretty, fleshly, freshly dead women. 
some of these guys are really kinky, you know. They stay drunk and fucked up most of the time. And hell, you can't blame them. The shit we see is too much for any one person to bear. One fucked up deal was a little fetus laying up on top of the vagina, all dressed up in doll's clothes. The black girl who aborted this child was only 18 years old. It's kind of a functional sense of eroticism to see a scene like that. It's hard to explain if you haven't been there. Vagina, fetus, oozing shit coming out everywhere. It just don't make no real sense. We used to sling bodies around the morgue like potato sacks. This ain't no secret in the business. Sometimes we would get so busy we would have to sleep with the bodies in the ambulance room. I used to be scared shitless of that, but I would never tell anyone about that for fear of being called a pussy. Throwing babies in on the floor, hauling ass back to the funeral home. Oops, got another call. Mine, mine as well picked this and up on the way back to the homicide can't wait to get there to see the cause of death that's what keeps us going it's in our blood the different ways people get whacked the different ways people commit suicide cutting bodies down swinging from the rafters at 19 years old is not something i recommend to anybody especially when their eyes are wide open they are as stiff as a board and dripping shit out of their asshole, foamy, frothy mouth and noses. It's a scene right out of an Alfred Hitchcock movie. My years in the business have taken a toll on me. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. Homicide was one of the most worst experiences of my life, and now I'm tired. I still have flashbacks every night. The bodies creep and crawl around my bed. I've got fucking post-traumatic stress disorder from hell. Very few of my friends know or even understand the pain I feel inside. It is hard for me to interact with a lot of people because people just don't want to hear this shit. I'm telling you this story because you want to know what's on my mind. I'm 60 years old now, and I have had, and I have to say I miss the business, the business of death, the business of chaos. End point. I can relate to that to a degree. Any comments, Ed Roman? You know, we're all uh, products of our environment, man. You know, I, I've tried to describe some of the situations I've been in in my in my life in farming, and the looks on people's faces when you're trying to describe crawling through a eight inch by a two foot by a foot you know, a concrete corridor that a, a, a shit elevator has gotten jammed into. And, you know, you've been the one that's elected to crawl in there to dislodge it. It takes about an hour and a half. And, you know, you come home smelling and it takes days for the, you know, the piss and the, and the crap to get off of your body. You keep showering and showering. But, you know, I miss it. I miss it more in my life now and in a strange way because your comments of that came through that that uh ramble uh, a couple of times about that and it's hard to it's hard for people to understand the, you know the cross referencing you know in, in terms of conversations can you you know can you relate can you understand a lot of times no people can't this is what's so potent about storytelling and our aspect of being able to relate to people, whether it's the extreme 
extreme uh, dark and difficult side of human existence and at the same time the more elated ether-like aspect to things that you know we can see in terms of beauty so you know, I, I, I think it's I think it's important to have that balance in our existence to recognize both of it. I started doing autopsies when I was 14 using a trocar and sucking brains through the nose at that time we did a brain pop and uh, I was too, way too young to be working in the print room at that time, but uh, I started out at 14 anyway and just got hooked on it and couldn't get away from it. It's like a drug, man. It's like crack, cocaine, once you get well, out. Well, I mean, even great surgeons, the people that, like, on a regular basis couldn't do that. I mean, what you're delving into, even Michelangelo or other people that, I mean, you know, he's, he's basically dissecting bodies in the basement of the Vatican. Yeah. Know, and, and people didn't know what the hell was going on, but through this process. And, you know, I mean, I've heard surgeons and people describe the human body as in this miracle-esque-like state of, like, you know, they can't even believe that such an elaborate organism could exist. You know, and here we take everything that we do from breathing to drinking water to taking shit. Well, we have 90, we have 90, uh, for granted. We have 90,000 miles of blood vessels running through our system. Yeah, you know, 90,000 miles. 52 bones in one hand. Yeah. To be able to to articulate, to be able to do and look around at what we are capable of, good and bad, in terms of what that, you know, it's incredible to think that. And people are like, okay, yeah, you know, like, but when you, the thing is, is that that's again, so even with, like I was saying, with growing food, it's the recognition and the participation in it that makes that person re-navigate what it really is. If you don't, you can sit on the couch, read it in a book, surf it, doesn't matter. But if you're not experiencing it, you're, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. What about you, Piper? What did you get out of my life? Did he run? Piper is piped off. Piper's there. <clears throat> what, Piper, are you in shock? So, can you hear me now? Yeah. Now we can. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, okay, I yeah. Well, I, had, I had some dogs that were barking over here, and I didn't want to, you know, deafen everybody with their barks. What did um, you get out of that? My life. You know, you know it, it certainly... Be honest. It, it makes me experience and feel what you went through. And to kind of have a somewhat of an understanding on things that you things that only you could express because you're the only one who can understand what you went through. But you give people a, a colorful idea in the way that you um, the way that you speak it and you say it. Um, I can say that I've experienced a few things, not to any nowhere near the depth that you have. So, but it certainly gives me an understanding of uh, compassion. And uh, gives me a, a little bit of a window to something different uh, compared to what I already know. To for it to be like for me, what I did. Yeah. So it's it's very deep. It's, it just certainly paints a picture, you know. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's um, it's uh, it's interesting that I, I like to talk about it a lot. Um, Ed'll probably be the philosopher on that one and analyze that one. He's our Freud. He's our Freud. But I like to talk about it a lot. I like to really ram it home. I like to really put it out there. 
And in some way, I feel like putting it out there will wake people up. It might close their eyes at first. It might scare them to death at first. It might uh, put them in their shell at first. But they're eventually going to have to think like that, feel like that. They're going to have to see the world in its real state. And that's about as real as it gets. And I use that as a platform to see if people are going to stay with me or leave me. I use that as a platform when I meet people. I've done that five times today. I put out the inside out of Kyler Davenport, and I say, I just want to give you a little piece of my life before I friend you. I've looked at you. I've studied you, looked at your page. I want to give you a little piece of Kyler Davenport. And I've made... Now, the reality of it is some... Yeah, the reality is that some people will go, oh, my God, really? Are you kidding me? How raw could he be, uh-huh. you know? To uh-huh. say, that's, exactly what I'm, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. I've and, made and some that's of my the, best friends, some of my best, closest friends that would crawl on their knees here bloody to help me if I yeah. was sick, read that piece. Mm-hmm. It's big volumes. Huh? It speaks volumes. And the ones that run away from it, I don't really have time for their level of awareness or lack of awareness. In my or age, intelligence. In my age and stage, anyone who would be put off by that. I mean, look at what we see on television. A woman, a friend of mine, brought up a good point. She said, my God, Kyler, if they get upset about that, look what we see on TV. Look what the kids are watching on TV at night. Look, well, look, you know, look at the stuff that's going on in the world, around the world. You're a real person that had a real experience. You know, this is not fiction. This is not television. This is the real deal. So, anyway, I thought I would read that and my other piece tonight. And let's get back to my question earlier. And Ed uh, Roman had made some comments on it, and Ed was a little bit late getting in on it. Ed, we were talking about. Uh, do you have any testimonials from people that you have taught, people that you've educated? Do you have any testimonials, strong testimonials of people who could come on air and tell us exactly how all of this worked, A through Z, and be very, be very articulate about it and explain it to us in a way that we would understand it and tell us how it worked out with the cops, how it worked out with the courts, how it worked out with the electric company, how it worked out with the insurance company, how it worked out with the DMV. Do you have any of those solid testimonies that you can I do have people like that, but they don't, they're terrified of going public. That's the problem. That's what disturbed me because, you know, I was trying to get everybody to start working together so we can start putting this together so this way it would be every time we get this. Let me ask you this. If I'm doing something right, and if I'm doing something really good to my life and for my life, and I'm having uh, this uh, moment of freedom, and I'm seeing this moment of constitutional freedom, and I'm seeing this moment of the Declaration of Independence and the First Amendment and the Second Amendment and the Fourth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment, and all these amendments are coming into my sight, and I'm learning statutes and ordinances and what's good, what's bad, what's not, what's right, what's wrong. Why wouldn't I want to come and tell the people and educate the people and bring them around to the right way? I'm not going to go to jail for doing that. I'm not going to get in trouble for doing that. I'm not going to get stalked or followed for doing that. I know that for a fact. I have too many CIA agent friends who still work with me. I have too many friends on the DEA up here that I work with. And I'm, I'm, uh, mm-hmm. the sun. 
they're not going to come after anyone for teaching this. This is minor, 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 minor. Uh, no, I'm not disputing you on that anyone, at all. Why would anyone be afraid <clears throat> to come out with any of this and say, this works. This is the way you do it. This is the paperwork you file. This is what you put on line B, line C, line D, line E, line A. And this is the way it looks. And who's, here's, who, here's who you turn it into. And here's the response you get back. And this is the wonderful thing that happens afterwards. Now, I've got a feeling most of these people are going to say, I was tasered, I was arrested, I was kicked in the head, I was knocked in the, you know, knocked in the back of the head, thrown into a cell naked, and put in the crazy chair. That's what I've been, you know, I'm getting really nasty with you here. I mean, that's what most people tell mm-hmm. me when they listen to Ed Johnston or Kate of Gaia or Piper Casper, and they go out there and they put it on the, put it on the police. Um, they end up tasered, they end up arrested, they end up in trouble, they end up in court, and they end up broke, and they end up homeless. Or, and also, for their arrest. Well, in in the in the first few shows, remember what I said is that some people, when they hear what we have to say, that I, I would really prefer that they try to understand something first. And I say it all the time: if I tell you something, don't take my word for it. Go look it up, because. Mm-hmm. That means that just means that you're just going to go off on a whim. No matter what I tell you, I could tell you that the sky's purple if you go around the block over there. And then what are they going to do? Oh, I'm going to get up and go around the block so I can see that the sky's purple. Mm-hmm. You know, but they have to. They've got to go and look for this stuff. They've got to go and research it. The things that I tell you, the things that I teach, and the things that I express and kind of guide people through, just like Ed Johnson can probably tell you the same thing here, and I think you would agree. It's not something that we're just make up. This is not something that we just have an assumption that works or we say, oh, it's over there, you know, but uh, I can't get my hands on it right now, which I've heard people say. No, everything is out there, folks. So it's basically, to me, it comes down to a confident level. You know, when we tell you something, you're learning it, right? When you learn something, you have research. You go research, you know it. You learn it, you know it, and it's called confidence. When you have confidence, then when you get out there on the streets, and then when you decide to present whatever it is you're going to present if you get stopped, you'll know what to say. You'll know what to do. You'll know how to act. But if you're going to handle the circumstances it, of the situation. Yes, yes. If you're going to take my word for it, uh, I'm going to turn right around and tell you, uh-uh, no. Get up, go look for it. Go research it. I know what's worked for me. I know my experiences, and I can speak of those. But I also had a lot of guidance. I had a lot of teachings. I had a lot of learnings and a lot of my own research. And I've had I've done mm-hmm. things on trial and error. Yeah. But you you got to get out there and research it yourself. Don't just take somebody's word for it. Now I know Ed has been tasered and knocked in the head and kidnapped and put. Not tasered. The- they tried that, but I've been oh, shot no. at. I've been beaten up and stuff. Just humor me. Not tasered. Just humor me. Okay. Uh, he's been he's been in a lot of fucking trouble. He's been in everywhere but federal penitentiary. So no, nope, you know, never been there. I said everywhere but the federal penitentiary. Oh. You've been in jail. You've been chased. You've been hacked. You've been stalked. You've been chased. You've been followed. You've been in trouble. You've lost your family. You're about homeless. You're sick. You're you're on your last fucking leg, and that's what all this stuff has done for you. Well, uh, at least I own what I own. Oh yeah, well, that's not a very good te- not a very good testimony to me. Not a very good testimony at all. Um, 
if this stuff doesn't make your life better, then why do it? If this stuff doesn't bring you relationships and wonderful relationships, and if it doesn't uh, bring you a better life and a better place and peace, then why fuck with it? Yeah, the main thing is to have uh, dealing with trust, and who do you trust? Yes, that's very point. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you trust women and you put your life and all those circumstances in their hands and they turn their back on you and then they backstab you, hey, it's very difficult to have trust. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's be realistic with that one. I think we're talking about two different things here. I'm just saying if all of this was so so good your life should be at peace. You should be at peace. Uh, I haven't seen anything that you all have posted that has been that outlandish or that scary or that wasn't in the Constitution of the United States, uh, that wasn't law of the land. I haven't seen anything too treacherous that you all have posted, too scary, Uh, anything that would make anyone want to run away, Piper? No, uh, certainly not. Um, and I wouldn't post anything up there if I knew that there wasn't too much to it or you couldn't go, again, go validate it yourself or get the cold hard facts. Um, you, know, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, I can tell you right now, I have over, I don't know, at least, I don't know, somewhere over 300 requests for one of my Facebook pages. And you know what? I'm not going to friend everybody. If they're all listening, I'm, I may not friend you. <laughs> Why? Because I look at every single one of those. Because here is, and this is going to be just a normal common, common uh, uh, sense saying here, if you don't know them, don't trust them until you know mm-hmm. them. That's, that's me. That's what I think. That's, that's what I, I think. It's going to take me a long time to go through those. I vet people. I vet people. But I've learned to vet people pretty quick. I'm a quick vetter. Uh, being just, an, just on a hunch, uh, being a former investigator, interrogator, I can look at a page pretty quick and tell you the level of uh, bullshit that's on it. Um, And I know agents are smart, um, and I know that they can really create some believable pages. But believe it or not, I do have a good – I have a good intuition. I have a good hunch as to who to friend and who not to friend. Like five people today I just deleted and blocked because they wanted to friend me. And then, of course, I've got the prostitutes wanting money. They're always friending me constantly, constantly, constantly on Facebook and Skype. That's that pisses uh, me off too. Trying to take me down, you know, is what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. They'd love to see me get into child porn or get into pornography, and then that, they'd have that on me. The, the NSA would have that in my file. See, um, so they're always trying to hook me into that kind of shit, um, which I stay, which I stay away from. Um, but but, yeah, I think y'all are doing a wonderful job. I just think it should be more public. I think it should be more out there. I don't think you should be afraid of it. I don't think you should be afraid to publicize, uh, you know, who you're teaching and where you're teaching and what you're teaching. And I think you should be having public seminars at the local libraries and getting the word out there, you know. And as well, I, I was uh, doing that. I, and I, then I, the police started attacking everybody started coming to the meetings and learning. They'd pull him over and harass him, and then start telling him, what the hell are you hanging around with that guy for? 
Well, been there, done it. I've had it where they sat out there from the grocery store stocking people for financial gain off of that structure. You've got a bad reputation, Ed. <laughs> You've got a terrible reputation, a dangerous rep- reputation with the police. Well, I don't know if it's that bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's that bad. They think you're crazy. You know, like we talked about yesterday, you and I talked about you and I yesterday. We talked about you and I yesterday. People think you're delusional. You're fucking out of your fucking mind. They think you're crazy. Most people think you're crazy. But you know what's funny? If they would go and research and look at what he's telling them, they would probably go, oh, he's not so crazy after all. But with what what we teach and what we say and the minds that we have and experiences that we can speak of, uh, by trial and error, however you want to look at it, here's the thing. There's always going to be somebody out there that's going to want to discredit you because of the subject that we speak about. I told Ed yesterday, him and I both are on the crazy list. He knows, Ed knows me. We're both on the crazy list. I mean, you know, <laughs> we scare the living shit out of people, you know, especially these. Well, I've never been afraid of a fight. That's my problem. Well, I haven't ever been afraid of one either, and that's my downfall. I'll bite the devil's devil's nose right off and eat it, swallow it. Um, mm-hmm. But um, um, you know, you can develop a really bad reputation with this kind of stuff. Um, and and is it because it is so true? Is it because it is so right? It is the r- right thing to do. Is it because you're exposing the corruption and the extortion and the stupidity of the municipalities and the statutes and the ordinances? And the fraud of the budget? You know, and but y'all are so small, don't take this wrong, but y'all are so small and insignificant. I've mm-hmm. been the big guy agent. I've been the big boy, big fish. And I would look at you all like a popcorn fart in a whirlwind. I wouldn't even waste a budget on either one of you. So, I mean, you shouldn't be afraid. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. I, I'm not. I'm very comfortable about what I do and what I teach. But, right, for me, um, there are a lot of other people out there who have a different approach, should I say it like that, or a different type of delivery uh, when it hits a certain age group uh, or a certain generation. So, for me... I spend a lot of my time towards the younger generation. Why? Because when we're all gone, they're the ones that are going to be left behind. We don't leave. In a very short few paragraphs, what is it you want people to do, Piper? I want them to step out of the Condensed version. Condensed version. I want them to step out of the box, go back to the basics, because the, the simplest things are often overlooked. I want them to go and re-educate, start at the beginning, and be open to what you're going to find out. Be open to it. Don't, be, don't have a closed mind because you're not going to get anywhere. If you ask for the help, if you want to learn it, then learn it, accept it, and be open to it. Don't shut down because then it's not going to be worth my time to teach you. What I have is invaluable. It's extremely valuable. Do you tell people the consequences of your actions and their actions by going against the established order 
that they're going to put themselves in grave danger at some point in time with the police or with the courts? Uh, No. And the only reason why I'm going to say no to that is because I do not tell them certain things that are going to put them in those situations. If at any point they get in that situation, it's because they didn't listen, period. I would always tell them that. No matter what I was teaching them dealing with this issue, no matter how depth I was in depth I was going, I would tell them there's a big risk in doing this. There's a risk to your children. There's a risk to your family. There's a risk to your job. There's a risk to your life. Well, here's here's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, this is the basic. And that's what you just said. Why are we not going out public and holding people's hands on it? Okay, because people are not standing behind us. Number one. And number two is that you can only hold people's hands so much before they sit there and, and hide in their own corner of their own home. Yes, I know. I see that on talk radio all the time. That's where we getting picked up. Ed Roman, pop in here with your philosophy. Tell us what we're doing here. Well, I mean, there's a multitude of things that you're all right about. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, uh, to me as a teacher, you know, and working with kids, for as long as I did, aside from working as a music teacher, um, being a music therapist, the Pine River Institute was started by Karen Minden. It, she had lost her child to uh, drug addictions, and she wanted to give back in some kind of a way, and she made it her life mission to try to set up this center. And it's running today, and it's helping out a lot of people. One of the things that I was fortunate enough to witness on a, on on a because I'm I'm very as as much as I talk a lot I'm also very observant is that the, the what seemed to be the biggest change and and like if you want to talk about push button mentality change that to segregate the kids from the 21st century existence which means you're out in the bush in Algonquin Park, one of the biggest provincial parks that we have. In fact, it's national. Um, and you are away from television, cell phones, newspapers, everything that you are always continually inundated with. And until it's either between a three- to six-month period, it's not until then that you come back to another isolated center, which is where I worked, which is a you know five and six stage program. Kids can be there anywhere between six to two uh, six months to two years before the the program really thinks you know this kid's ready for this kind of a thing again. Um, and and what what I started to realize is that it, aside from doing music therapy in group or one on one stuff that I was doing with kids is that there'd be things in conversation through historical facts that dealt with music where. Uh, they would start asking me questions. And, you know, I would say, well, you know, uh, the system is kind of like this. And we would start getting and starting to talk about frequencies because it's related to music. And I'm like, well, you know, color is a frequency. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, you know, you don't understand it. But when you're starting to see these colors at a very early age, they're, they're turning on these neuroreceptors in your brain to receive these kinds of things in your visual environment. And if you take a kid out of the factor, it's like I'm trying to do something, you know, tactical, which is important. I'm learning an instrument. We're doing a therapy class, whatever it is. And you started talking about the mechanical aspects, which is kind of 21st century again. 
they become very intrigued. It becomes this new connection to what their new environment really is. And just like Piper was saying, it's like, well, don't take my word for it. Let's do some research here as a class. Let's do a couple experiments. Let's see how this really works. And when they start seeing this, kids started actually wanting to, to come to my classes more, and I'm not trying to, like, illuminate myself as a teacher, but what I realized it was that how we were talking about the information and then what they would go and do on their own or even later letters that I would get from kids saying, you know, thanks for, you know, not only being my music teacher, but you really, like, kind of, like, turned me on to thinking about things in a different way. Not like I gave her all this information, gave her books, videos, documentaries to watch, speeches of people. It was like, you know, she kind of was like, oh, okay, you turn the mind on, like Piper said, to the idea, go check it out for yourself. Uh-huh. Go, go look into it for yourself. <clears throat> 20 years ago, and Bill Cooper was a big proponent of this, when he'd do his big tutorials, and here the guy's driving around, he's worried, he's got his family up in Canada, you know, finally dies in an armed standoff because of all this stuff. And this is where you're talking about the dangerous aspect of being outspoken about what it is. You know, when I was talking about it then, people were like, you're crazy. You know, da, 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 da. You're so caught. It was like 1987 when I started seeing some of Bill's videos. And it was like, you know, it was, like, it was one of those stipulations, too, where it was like I got the video from a friend of mine, and he had gotten it from five other, you know, video sources. And, this, you know, so like, it's like you get the video tape, you make five, nobody gets any money, but you keep passing the information. Well, I would, so well, everybody I, can I, keep seeing it. I would like to say, you know, do you come? It sounds to me like you're coming across in the beginning with fear, Piper, Ed. It seems to me like there's fear already injected into the conversation. No, 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 no. It's not, it, this is my point: is that, that not, the, the, the aspect of, of realizing it and taking a stance against it in that aggressive kind of way. And I, we were talking before. It's like I always think about this: we always forget we're animals. Okay, and, 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 the, and the kind of basis of, like, if you think of a wolf pack, if a wolf is highly aggressive, what do the rest of the other wolves do? They, they leave. If a wolf has cunning, if it has skill and ability to use that in a stealthy way, it has a, a higher chance of survival in that environment, despite it has strength and aggression. Right. It's like, it's like the David and Goliath metaphor. Right. So for, for me... It's like, well, live your life this way. I was talking to you about this on tons of different shows. It's like the seven-year generation concept with aboriginals. The effect that you do today won't have an effect until 700 years from now. And the reason we're caught in this cluster, F-U-C-K, is because the same mythology, methodology has been applied to us for hundreds of years. And everybody's like, well, here's what we've got to do. And, and it's, got, it's impossible. There's so much brainwashing and conditioning with people that you can't even verbalize with them and converse with them to make them understand. Some you can, some you can get through to, and this is why Piper was right too. That's why I love being a teacher because kids are far less conditioned to the system than a 50-year-old. They're like, yeah, you're crazy. Look at me, I got a cigar and a suit, and, you know, mm-hmm. that whole kind of mentality. So it's up to us to even be talking to younger kids. You should be having younger people that are joining the roundtable discussions and talking about this stuff. Because you'd be surprised, man, at how many young kids I run into that know already a lot about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they're looking into it. They're going, wait a minute, this system is messed. 
this isn't right at all. I had a kid that I started teaching when he was 14, and he's kind of doing the, the roving house, you know, hippie kind of a thing. He's also t- took a teaching gig out in Quebec, made me feel so good that he's doing this. But all of his friends that are of the 20 to 25-somethings, they're all well aware. And they're like the non-participatory revolution. It's just like, okay, we know it's here. We've got to have the wallet. We've got to have the credit card. We've got to have the driver's license. We've got to have the birth certificate. But we're going to do our own thing inside of it and screw the system until we keep producing our own offspring just like those guys have been doing. Mm-hmm. I'd like to jump in here for a moment, too. Yeah, a point here. But I'd just like to say that's a, that's a comforting thought, I'd like to say, in a Joyce Kilmer kind of way. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Ed. Okay. Now, when I'm doing a property taxes and structures, I'm proving the fact, and so I'm the guinea pig. So once I get through this and that gets done, then everybody else will follow. Okay, I'm proving House Resolution 192. I am working with senators and House representatives, okay, and they're going through a shock and change because of the way they've been educated. Our education system for the last 40 years has been Nazism. Wake up, folks. We're not a democracy. That's the devil. Okay? We've been brainwashed all this shit by a Bible and their structure. Go to church. Okay? This country didn't go to church and all this this stuff. We didn't really have the Bible in this country until 1900s. All right? That's the point. People don't get it. Property taxes. You didn't pay property taxes until the 1950s. I mean, you know, so now we're going through where people have been waking up how we've been screwed. Okay? And I noticed you got a few people that are on your Facebook site that are people that I walked through, and a couple of them, when they got their circumstances, they decided to go run. And it pissed me off and made me frustrated mm-hmm. because I'm sitting there putting my ass on the line, including my own finances, helped them out, and then once they got secure, they run. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at the point where I don't help people out in that fashion anymore. I'm doing what I'm doing, and then when I get done, people can follow what I filed. All right? But I'm not going to go sit there and circuit people out and go in there to rescue them. Right, right. That's right. not my job to rescue people. I don't mind helping somebody, but it disturbs me when people don't give back. We okay. Have we have a lot of that. Right. Selfishness is all about me, me, me. The society's been taught that by TV and, and video games. You know, and the solutions, we have solutions to the problems. Right now, I've got to finish up tonight and get the things out on the right to travel on the structure because Oregon State Law. 446.33.33 says you do not need a driver's license to travel. The law says it. Okay, does anybody want to stand up for the law? Hell no. They want to go pay the fines and have the cops shoot them. All right, but the law says you do not have to do it. That's Oregon law says that. But but I think, Ed, you're right, but, but at the same time, you know, it's always been the um, – uh, hallmark of innovative new ways of thinking to break those boundaries, even if they're not really being broken. I was just thinking of Archimedes. Kyler, you're a mathematician and you're into all this. I mean, Archimedes being able to break apart an object into uh, a calculation of infinity, what was its relevance at that point in time? Mm-hmm. But now if we're talking about space travel and gimbal equations 
and being able to calculate how to leave a moving sphere or that has a moving sphere around it that is revolving, you know, all of that has its relevance today, even in algorithmic concepts inside of computers. The important thing we all have to realize is that the work that we do every day has a far greater consequence than we'll ever feel at this moment. Mm -hmm. That's the hard conundrum about the existence of passion. And this is where a lot of people confuse anger inside of what this is and the aggression behind it for passion. People say, like, you seem so angry, but I'm not angry about it, dude. I'm very passionate Mm -hmm. about what I'm talking about. It has nothing to do with anger. Mm -hmm. Right. And then what I'm seeing today, an argument that I was having people all over the Facebook was dealing with Muslims and Arabic uh, Arabic laws and Arabic writing. What the hell? They don't have a right to bring that crap in this country. All right? We are not their country. They come, if I come into your house, I have to go by your rules. They come into my well, house, but you're in this country. They have to go I, by I, our rules. I understand. And our rules is the Constitution. Their opinion don't matter. I understand. And I, I mean, I could play devil's advocate and say, well, tell that to a Cherokee or an Ojibwe. I know. I'm Blackwood. Tell me about it. I deal with the tribes right now. I'm involved with the 500 nations right now with the elders, and we're doing this structure. What I think, and they realize that Canadian up there has no existence with the United States down here. I know. But it took know me five years to get them to finally Ed, see that light. Ed, 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 I think what I think what I'm trying to say is that anger, like anything, has grown, and aggression has grown. We have to, as people. And this is what I find fascinating about everybody's into the whole Star Wars thing. But they're missing the huge point. And even in, uh, this is somebody who was asking me today, a friend of mine, we were trading some seeds. And he was like, do you do Qigong? Would you be interested in doing some Qigong? And I was like, I've heard about it. And my friend of mine's a half keto master and he runs a dojo. And he's been telling me for years he thinks I should get it. We in the Western Hemisphere <laughs> do not know how to channel our anger and aggression into something that has far more power in its pacifistic behavior than we give it credit for. Mm-hmm. And our actions, like, okay, so I don't pick up a weapon, I pick up a guitar. The notes that I play are like my bullets. The words oh. that I wield are like a, a club and, 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 and sometimes like a caressing hand if necessary. And this is, I guess, why for me, sarcasm and humor and people like Carlin, as I keep mentioning, had so much power because as a kid, you know, you're inundated with so many different kinds of comedians. When I heard Carlin the first time, a bunch of times, it turned me on to other people that like Lenny Bruce. And he was talking about Lenny Bruce. I'm like, who's Lenny Bruce? And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that comedy or this could have this kind of power in language. I knew it always did. The pen is mightier than sword, so it goes. But also, yes, I understand we live in critical times. This is why we get our backs up and why we, we get so oh into the moment. But like in this Bruce Lee-esque kind of philosophy behind it, we have to learn to channel the water, like he says, be water, turn your, your rage, your, your waves, your, 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 your tidal wave into that thing that can be forced in such a potent way that doesn't seem like such a catastrophe coming down the street. That's the most important thing to realize. When we do these things, even when, you're, when I was talking to kids at school, it was the same kind of thing. I wasn't here going, this is why it's messed up. And da, da. It was like, no, man, check this out. Did you know this? No. Well, let's look into it. It was like almost like 
I experiences I remember at the dinner table where we had 12 of us sitting around, and my mom was like, okay, we're all arguing about what this thing actually is. What does my mom do? Goes and gets the Encyclopedia Britannica and goes, this is what it is, so stop arguing about it. But we figured it out in, as a group. This is the thing, right? It's, it's the search for it and how you present it. It's a big part of it. I'll shut up now. Well, um, I wanted to tell you all a little breakthrough I had that I've had, and my doctors are wanting to study me. Uh, they're wanting to send me to a sleep clinic because of this. I've been working on it for years. You know, I've been in meditation for many years. I've been dream jumping. I've been quantum jumping for a while. And I had an experience the other night for the first time in my history uh, I'm able to consciously quantum jump now for the first time. Um, I'm able to jump from dim dimension to dimension knowing that I'm still here in my home location. And I'm mm -hmm. able to consciously talk to the people on the other side and uh, conduct experiments on the other side con in conjunction with this side, me being conscious on this side, being asleep <clears throat> in the bed mm -hmm. for the first time in my history, 60 years. Uh, have you all ever experienced that? Have you ever been able to be conscious and totally conscious in your dream and totally be able to deal with people and sit down at a table and discuss with them that, you know, I'm going to have to go back soon. And, uh, yeah, I did that. So when I was nine years old, what about you, Piper? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, in my uh, early adolescence. Yes. I still do it today because I see what's going on. Like what I went through with the hospital and stuff. What about you? See, here's the thing. I mean, once you, once you embrace that? it, you're never going to lose it. Well, it's hard to get that moment. It's hard to hit that right moment, though. You can't just quantum jump. It takes a certain amount of nutrition, and it takes a certain time of day, a lot of times for people. For me, early afternoon is perfect to quantum jump. Um, nighttime is not a good time. Um, early afternoon is a good time to go. I've been visiting some very interesting compounds and laboratories over the last couple of weeks. Um, and it's getting better and better. I don't know where I am. I haven't figured out where I am yet when I'm there. They won't talk to me a lot about it. There's a lot of security present. Uh, a lot of heavily guarded areas. And a lot of security and a lot of common people. Uh, what you would call ghetto people living in the outskirts of these compounds where I go. And they seem to use them in the experiments somehow. And they don't mess with me. They won't talk to me very much. I've just now met a doctor uh, there who will talk to me and sit down with me and talk to me about me quantum jumping. He's the first one that learned that I'm a quantum jumper. I told him I was not from where he is. And he's the first one that threatened to have me locked up for, uh, I thought, oh, yeah. locked up. but anyway, it's very interesting folks. Very interesting. I didn't, I didn't hold any credence to this quantum jumping until just recently. Uh, well, Kyler, I told you what happened with me in the hospital last week, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Okay. Now if I didn't file what I did in my paperwork, I would not be alive talking to you guys right now today. 
Yeah, I know. So, I mean, yes, it is terrifying because I know how the system works inside and out and how it works. All right? When I walked in that hospital, I found out who the doctor was. Boy, I yelled out, my God, I'm terrified. Yeah. And you can saw the reaction in the medical people's faces. Okay? And then next year, no, all of a sudden, I'm being uh, given the right treatment, and uh, I had this PA that I'm discussing things with, and I'm telling her what I need and what needs what to be done. Uh, what insurance are you using in the hospital, Ed? I'm disabled. I was disabled on a job. So you're on SSD? Forced on it. I should have got a settlement and been on my way, but they took workman's cop out. I didn't. I didn't ask you if, how you were forced on it or not. I just said you're 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 part of that system, SSD system. Uh, in, in some regards, yes, but I'm filed in this. I'm filed in and out of the system. I have a different structure in the filing of the system as most of you do. I'm totally different structure in their system. Now tell me what that means, sir. I'm filed as a bloodline American. I'm not filed as a registered citizen or a foreign agent. Right, right, right. It's that simple. And that's where they are paying attention more and more now because without that, cause and I've proven that Social Security, when Roosevelt put it in, is constitutional. Yeah, it is constitutional. And it's a contract between you and a private insurance. It is not a government identity or agency in any manner. Well, they're administrating it, so. No, but they're administrating it under constitutional law, and if they violate that, that's 35 years in prison. Well, and they I, are I, starting to realize that what's been filed. Let me know when somebody goes to prison on that, would you? No, we're working on that one if somebody does. Yeah, but they're straightening out. They're, they're making amends and correcting some of the process. So I'm giving them the – I have to work with them in an honorable situation because a lot of these people didn't even know the structure because they're getting a book to read, but they don't read remedies in the structure of how it works. You told me you're still paying your electric bill, so you're still working on that deal. You're going to let us know about that and keep us in touch. Oh, yeah, as soon as, that one goes through, as soon as that one goes through and the other two go through, believe me. Oh, yeah. No, I'm working on that one right now, filing, and I'm, I'm going through the process. Once the process is done, now I've always got the other one with BLM finished up, and once I do that, uh, I own my land tax-free. That is a fact and reality. It does exist in the West Coast. It really Piper, does exist in the West Coast. Piper, are you paying your electric bill? I know you said your, your other half is doing all the money stuff, but, I mean, do you have to kind of stay in the house without a driver's license, and have you gotten rid of your Social Security card and turned your birth certificate back in yet? Uh, well, let's see. I can say I still have my driver's license, so I don't use it. Um, I have a different type of ID, so I use mm-hmm. that. Texian, it's a Texian ID, so I use that one because uh, it didn't require me to use any of the, you know, these birth certificate or any other government ID. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as the bills are concerned, I spoke with um, because I actually made this call today and spoke to them. I called my cell phone carrier. And I did speak with a, a girl named Joan, and when I spoke to her, I pretty much kind of gave her a little bit of an insight that I no longer wanted to give any free donations or gifts anymore. Uh-huh. And she kind of hesitated, 
because I mean, you guys are the first ones I actually said anything to on this one, but she kind of hesitated a little bit. And it was a very brief call because she really didn't want to, I guess, tell me what she needed to or maybe she right. wasn't in a position. Yeah. So she went on to tell me, I just said, look, I don't, I don't want to give any more donations or, or gifts, and I don't want you guys to solicit them from me either any, any further. Right. And she goes, solicit. She goes, well, she goes, what do you mean by solicit? And I said, you guys are sending me a statement every month, right? And I said, on here, you're, you're requesting for me to send you something. You want me to send you the same amount as a donation or um, a gift? And I said, that's what a remittance basically means. Mm-hmm. And she kind of hesitated a little bit. She, goes, well, she did tell me, she said, well, you know, you're going to have to call the corporate office. She said, probably what they'll do. She goes, because I think I know what you're talking about. She goes, I think they're going to tell you that you'll have to send them probably a, a color copy um, of your document. She didn't say specifics. She just said, of your document, and I know that to be the birth certificate. So she said, of your document. She goes, and they'll probably have you endorse it, and you'll just, they'll tell you what they need. So you'll have to call the corporate office. Uh-huh. And I said, well, I'll call them first thing in the morning. So I'm going to call them first thing in the morning. And I'm going to let them know that uh-huh. I know there's a process to follow. They're get, I mean, come on, you know, they're getting paid this anyway. I'm not getting a bill. I'm getting a statement. That's right. And you're supposed to write money on her on it and send it to the IRS and the eight different departments throughout the country, and they're supposed to handle it. And I'm working on that one right now, verifying uh-huh. it to get my stamps. Mm-hmm. So, so there, there's a way to do this, but I know, I know but, some people who have – Right, but it only applies to lawful bloodline Americans of the structure of Executive Order 2040. All right, you have to be a bloodline American going back to 1850 for it to apply. And that's the point. They don't want people to know it because the bankers are going to lose their 30 and 40 percent how they're rape robbing and pillaging from our accounts because we are supposed to get a dividend check each month, and we're not supposed to have accounts. Right. Well, you understand what would happen if 10 million people woke up and all of a sudden how the structure would have to change and how many billions it would cost to reorganize and retool and retool. No, it wouldn't cost billions at all. Because yes, it you would. Yes, truth. it no. would. Yes, it no. would. Don't argue with me. Uh, all you have to would. do is just overnight yes, set it, it up. See, no, 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 and no, and no, no. You're not thinking beyond your thinking. It would cost billions and billions to retool and restructure the system. Um, I know computers, and I know administrative systems, and I know how this stuff works. And they already have it set up. No, they don't have it set up either. This is a whole different ball game you're talking about, you and Piper. This is a whole different world, a whole different universe that y'all are talking about. No, no, it is set up, and I know this partly because I've seen it. And the other point is the reason why they keep giving all these terrorists that come in the state the free handouts and all this is to keep us arguing and fighting instead of being intelligent enough to stop it and claim our rights. Yeah, I'm just saying if everybody stepped up to the cash register and claimed their rights, all of a sudden it would throw the United States into a civil war. Now, well, see, I've publicized my rights and my banking structures and all my rights have been publicized in the mainstream media, then publicized even in the, uh, uh, what do they call that, uh, uh, Star to see paper and all that of the Vatican. So, and I've publicized everything with the Pope himself and Lloyds of London that runs the structure out of London, England. Was the Pope? Oh, so, 
what the fuck? Well, it's publicized. Not only that, I publicized calling his soul out for the Treaty of 1213 and the Magna Carta of 1215. I'm sure the Pope really gives a shit about Ed Johnston. No, I, I don't give a shit what he thinks, but I'm going to tell you, man, they're, they're, they're coming to collect. The souls are coming sure, to be collected. I'm sure he's pissing his pants, his robe, right now. Here's, here's, here's the thing, is that it's, it comes down to a simple notification. That's basically what it is. I mean, it's in just normal words, it's it's a notification. And, you know, when we do papers and, you know, uh, private papers, whatever you want to call them, and we're putting our papers through a superior court or wherever we're going to send them, you know, it's not, we're not going to wait for the IRS to go look for our papers to see that we put them in there. It's not right. going to be their responsibility. That's our responsibility to make sure that we make our notifications. That's right. So... Yeah, so whenever, whatever steps we take, and I, I know what Ed's talking about because, it, you know, any time you do something, we're taking steps to make sure we're taking back our rights, who we are, we're here, we're not dead, we're not at sea, we're not lost at sea. No, we're here. We're live beings. We are men, men of the land and women of the land, and we're claiming back our titles and we're claiming back our rights. Is it illegal to do? No. Is it okay to do? Absolutely. Is it out there? Is, is, it, is it, you know, tangible? Yes, it is. You just have to know where to go. But making those notifications to people like the Pope and IRS and, you know, the federal levels and your state levels and your county levels, get ready for it. Because if you want to do this, that's what you need to do. Has there, right now, did you read my corners and request? Yeah, I read that. Has there, okay. any, has there been any good books written on this that you all know of? I'm sure you do. Yeah, I've been living with the Freeman. The guys who just got out of jail from the Freeman realized what they did. I talked to I'm involved with a lot of people that realize, even Van Dyke and all these guys, where they realize what they did. And I think you're familiar with Steve Curry, aren't you? Yeah. All right. Now, everybody files all these liens. Now, you know, we've got liens that we filed on the IRS and stuff that they're panicking about. Because we exhausted administrative rules the way administrative rules are written. Now they're panicking because we've gone through the channels that says A, B, C. Now we've got D, F, G. Now what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and that's what we've got. Panicking. I mean, I, you know, I mean, you know, it's frustrating. I just got into it with a lady today with the Moors and the Muslims. Well, you know, in the world court. All right? It's like, yeah, I know about the Moors and the Muslims running the world court and all this shit. I was actually asked to be a judge in the world court. Okay? I'm not taking on a liability issue because judges are not immune from prosecution. Right. No, they're not immune from prosecution. That's very true. Okay. And so the point being is I'm not going to put myself in a liability circumstances for my assets, because it's not worth me putting my assets in a liability issue. Now, like I said, I do have the video with me and Roblin and a lot of videos up with like the public servants over the, uh, the Senate for the last 20 years. Let me, know, uh, let me know what the Pope's secretary says, and let me go to a song here. Let's play a little song, take a little medication break. How about Trump's secretary? I think we all need our meds right now, so <laughs> I'm going to take a quick break. We'll, 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 we'll <laughs> I don't know what meds you take, but we'll be I don't right think that's... We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Simple anymore. These life changes. Barely awake in harmony. Too 
Mr. Ed Roman, our co-host tonight, and I want to give a big shout-out to Michael Stover at MTS Management. I want to see who's at my door, too. You want to check that out? Yeah, and if Michael's listening, uh, we are playing MTS music uh, wild over there at the station. I'll tell you, Mary has plugged in all of the musicians, including Mr. Ed Roman over there, and uh, we are playing the hell out of that music and are going to be continuing. We've got 105 hours up so far 
And uh, it's looking good over there, folks. It's looking good over there. My front yard is full of deer, and it's dark, and I can see the beautiful deer standing outside my door here. Damn, it's beautiful, I tell you. Um, you know, I, got a, I got something to add to you, Tyler. Now, I can't tell you that about the former secretary because last month she was found dead after 36 years of service. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see you well, wasn't too. You know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm just saying the Pope doesn't sit around with pen and paper in hand ready for dictation or anything. He doesn't know about any of this shit, nor does he give a flying fuck. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, no, he doesn't. Trust me. I used to run around with a Dalai Lama, buddy. I know what they give a shit about and what they don't give a shit about. They don't give a shit about you. Trust me. They sure don't give a shit about their own people, too. I know they that. Give a shit about what you're doing. It's all about money. Uh, what was that? Uh, Sister Teresa proved that one. Yeah, well, Congress is not afraid either. Neither is the House. Neither is the legislature. People mm-hmm. think, oh, these guys are afraid of us. They're so afraid of us. They're going to be packing their bags tomorrow. I know that's not true at all, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> That is Why do you think they make the living, people? They'll pop a cap in your ass is what they'll do. They'll pop a cap in your ass. But, you know, I still give you all kudos for doing what you're doing, and I'm doing it with you, and I'm promoting it here on the station. I mean, uh, I love you. I love you. I love you. can't get enough of you. But they'll pop a cap in your ass, man. They don't give a shit what you all are doing. When you start making a real difference, you'll know it. You'll know it. Trust me. I've been there. I know. You'll know it. When you start making a real difference, if Alex Jones isn't making a difference, uh, Mossad or not, he is, uh, you you damn sure are going to make a difference. Except with those few people that you talk to, it's going to be a hobby. And as long as it's a hobby, it's uh, not going to be very much fun. Although it could be fun, could be enjoyable, but it's not going to be very impactful. Not going to be very mm-hmm. you know? yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit more brought out than you think. Well, no, not really. Not really. Well, there's there's are some people that we know. I'll say, you know, not for all, I won't speak for Ed here, but I'll speak for myself. There are some people I know that have done this process. Now, let me say this. There are different ways to do this process. I've seen so many different ways to do the process. Some results, good, and some are still going through it, and some simply just take the wrong path because there's not enough research and education there. But the people mm-hmm. I've spoken to have done the process, and, you know, they have uh, come out on certain calls, and they have educated other people on what they did that guaranteed work. Okay. And I can say for me, about uh, about a handful of people have completed the process and have been successful and are, are living those lives uh, the way that people want, the, the way that people dream to be, you know. They don't have to worry about anything because they finally did what they sought out to do. They took back their titles, they claimed themselves, and they did everything they were supposed to do in the process to be acknowledged for that. Right. Right. So it it is possible, it is doable, and, and yeah, you just have to have patience and time and patience and patience and patience and patience. So, Ed, uh, up there in Canada, what's the process, or have you heard about any of this, removing yourself from the system of things, and uh, have you heard of anyone doing that up there, like Piper and Ed are preaching here? I do. I actually know somebody quite well, and um, quite an interesting fellow, uh, part of the Explorers Club. Uh, He's a gemologist, um, 
very well intact, you know, as far as a multiple, you know, skilled individual work with Thor Heyerdahl in the second Contiki mission. Uh, he's a very interesting cat. He was one of the, actually the first people that ever actually turned me on to people like Bill Cooper. Mm-hmm. And um, he's done it. He's basically, you know, sent every document he's had that with, with a letter to the governor general basically pointing out a number of these things. Um, and he says, I don't want to participate anymore. He hasn't gone to the point in this, in this paperwork sort of like uh, native Canadian or bloodline Canadian aspect. I don't know if he's even uh, looked into it on that level. But what I do know is that uh, he has been stopped for, you know, speeding. It was just arbitrary. It wasn't anything crazy. But, you know, when the officer had asked him for his, his paperwork, he's like, oh, I don't have it. And, you know, and it was one of those, like, you don't have a license or you haven't renewed it. And he's like, no, no, no. I, he explained to the officer, he goes, look, I gave all my major paperwork for my passport, birth certificate, driver's license, credit cards, everything I can think of that has capitus diminutium max. And he's trying to explain to the officer, and, you know, as Dwayne had put it to me, it was like, you know, the officer didn't kind of want to get into this conversation. He almost didn't understand it. And this basically said, look, I'm going to let you go. I don't know what to do about this. Just slow down. And, and, and you know, and that's the last I kind of heard of it. But I also know that, you know, I haven't spoken to Dwayne as often as I have. So he's sort of a roving soul. I also think it becomes more of a, of a life choice thing. And, and as you pointed out, you know, uh, taking it to the streets in some kind of a way to help educate people. This is one of the things is the, the armchair or and our internet warriors that we've all become that makes it uh, valid, but at the same time uh, still, you know, not uh, w- uh, working on a mechanical level where you're having those porch conversations where, you know, six right. neighbors are all over talking about it and people are encouraged by those kinds of aspects. It's just, it's one thing to post, run a show uh, and, and get into those topics, but how does it affect your life every day? That's the biggest thing. And, right, and, right. And and we're doing the homeless camps up here, and I was going to say earlier, we're doing the community garden up here. We're getting ready and all the physical stuff and getting it ready. Uh, we're working with the mentally ill. We still have the camp going here. We've got two camps up the road on the higher side of the mountain. Uh, we're working with abused women. We're working with the mentally ill. We're working with the homeless over 60 years old who are sick. Right. Uh, we have the community garden. We're at and, and you know what? And here's the other thing: is that is the cross-referencing of people and ideas too, like you've pointed out before. It's 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 important, but it's also that the idea itself gets thrust in a in a momentum just because of the the transferring of information. Like I don't know if you saw the other day. I think you actually shared it, but it was a restaurant here that's now. They've got or a refrigerator out and outside. It's, outside. It's wonderful and it, it's running and they keep all the post food in it and homeless people can come and take whatever they want. There's another program I saw that's called a hanger program. People can take hangers, put clothing on hangers on this, on these fences. People homeless people can come get shoes. They can almost like shop for all yeah. sorts of stuff. It's 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 wonderful. So this is the thing. So it's like when 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 an idea gets talked about, even if it gets put in motion, this is the most important thing. And how to get around some of these? See, this is like you were asking the question. So you still pay your electric bill, still pay your phone bill. I think it's also important that there's a number of us that are operating more like sentient viruses inside of the program, inside of the matrix, in order to foul it. 
in, in, in the correct way, that makes it fruitful for people to exist, as Piper was saying, without all these sort of things that are there. And, you know, it's not like an overthrow of the government. It has nothing to do with that. It's just no. a, a daily uh, existence, the way that you function. And the other day I was like thinking, okay, well, here's the biggest deal. We've gone to Jamaica before, and we don't stay in a hotel or those big gated hotels. You'd be surprised are so many of our friends that work there say, man, you wouldn't believe it how much food they throw out every day. I'm talking like in the tens of thousands of dollars worth of food. Mm-hmm. And why can't they give it to the people? Because their insurance policies dictate that if they do that and somebody leaves the premises, gets sick, they can turn around and get sued. Okay, so you know what? Tell you what, get a dumpster company and a refrigerator company together and build a refrigerated dumpster. Because technically, by their laws and the insurance standards, as soon as a few a food leaves into the refuse area, it's up for grabs. Right? It's picked yeah. up by public service. It can be anything. So guess what? Refrigerate your dumpsters. Just get around it. There was a farmer up here who was having the same issues. Was trying to sell whole milk, and the government's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you can't do that. It's not pasteurized." Da 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 da. So he's like, "Okay, well, if you're not going to let me sell it, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell cattle to people." And they can buy a share, each of them, in the cow. So technically, I'm only providing the service of milking it. They own yeah. the animal. It's their animal. They can right. do whatever they want here. with it. Right? Yeah. So this is what I'm getting at. And even if you're not the figurehead uh, or the cornerstone of what that is, the important thing is that the information is always being transmitted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I've had to this. It serves me in Washington State did it in 2014. And I've been pushing for Oregon to do it since 1992. It's a city park, all public highways, byways, and waterways growing public food. We don't need to grow food for people. We need to grow it out in the public as it used to be and get out the ass and eat. We're not a handout society. This is the other thing about the insular behavior that we've all been conditioned to. Good point. Good point. Go ahead. Because because if you have a conversation with somebody out of the blue, this is what I find encouraging, actually, about ethnic groups that are now moving to our area, like East Indian, Jamaicans, Barbadians. When you talk to them, it's like being at the island. They want to talk to you in a very short period of time. There's a guy in town who started this great little grocery store, brings in all this different kind of stuff. You can actually get fish heads, and if you want to do like a booyah base or a Jamaican fish tea or something, he'll bring it in for you. But you know what? Inside of that conversation, he's like, hey, you know what? I heard that you're going to grow some food. Like, I'm really interested in this certain kind of a pumpkin. Would you grow butternut squash and I'll buy them from you? You know, and, and all of a sudden, just within a stone's throw from where I am, I'm already developing this commodity and trade concept and what I'm doing with my life. It has nothing to do with the system, uh, uh, going to a food terminal, the food coming from there to super-duper store for mom and dad to buy. It's just the way that the community is communicating. And if you're out there and doing it, by, so what do I do? I'm like, well, I know a whole bunch of friends with geodesic gardens, and they're growing their own food. I'm like, hey, dude, you want to make a little extra money? You want some store credit? Like, this guy's interested in trying to source local stuff. He's not stupid. He went to Jamaica. What are they trying to do? They're not buying it from the dock. They're buying it from people that are in the hill. Mm-hmm, 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 so it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you have the same to. You know in I mean? Africa. It's the same in Africa. Yeah, it's the same thing. And the problem in Asia, uh, China, 
The problem with uh, the world today is not that we do not have enough food. It is that we waste too much food because of a lack of storage facilities. That's the biggest problem in the world. That's the biggest uh, problem in the world today. We've got an overabundance of food right here in the United States. We could technically, theoretically... Uh, serve every third world nation and country every day. Gorman. Well, it's, it's Kyler, and you know, and everybody well, knows as well as I do. Look, I've driven across Canada and the United States in the last like four or five years of my life playing music, and I go, <laughs> right, depop- or overpopulation. What a joke. Yeah. There is so much space and existence on this place. The problem is that there's density to populations and it's in tight areas everywhere, and everybody's not got no, and there's no elbow room. And then the myth of this idea that it's like, no, there isn't any other inhabitable places. <laughs> Why do you think there's all those places like UNESCO and stuff that are creating these huge international land grab sort of uh, organized, or, or, yeah, they're land grab organizations that are basically like saying, you know, these are protected spaces now. You know, like it's, it, it's, it's no jo- or, uh, um, mathematical equations to kind of what's going on. So it's like, if we live in that fear again, it's it's going to keep perpetuating it for ourselves. Urban, urban gardening, true. urban guerrilla gardening is big around the world, bigger than mainstream um, agriculture. Believe it or not, it's uh, if you add it all up, all of the yeah. acres. And uh, urban gardening is big. I mean, big city gardening is big all over the world, except here in the United States. We should have stories about a small town that was, you know, almost crushed by peppers. That's the kind of stories we should have. Well, I've got those stories, and we'll have them on the next show. And because I've been working, studying Africa, South Africa, West Africa, North Africa, a lot of good things going on in Africa. A lot of, <laughs> lot of good things going on in Africa. No, um, what the same about going on in Africa is why Japan is making water uh, containers and selling them. When in the 1970s we sent them a trillion dollars to go uh, purify a water system for the ocean. Yeah, well, they piss most of that money away. The government pisses most of that money away. I have two producers in Africa, in South Africa. One works in the in the in the, in the diamond mines, and the other one works in NGO. Um, there's a lot of civil war in Africa right now. A lot of killing, a lot of maiming, a lot of rape, a lot of murder, a lot of people being slaughtered in South Africa right now. In the mainstream media, of course, we're not looking at any of that. We're looking at this stupid fucking campaign thing going on i want to thank all of you for coming on tonight i wasn't uh at my best tonight but uh, we made it through and i think we had some good points come up even my toenails and uh, my manicure <laughs> pedicure was kind of an interesting thing there and um my testicles got checked and so we're all we're all doing okay i think shocking you guys might want to go check your testicles when you get off the air, and uh, I recommend it highly. Have a prostate check. Uh, it's very important. No way, no way ever. Prostate cancer is the leading cause of death among... Uh, yeah, that's right. Let it tell you, because uh, the only 3% of the prostate exams work. So anyway... I do my research. Shut up and go check your prostate. Look, I'm glad y'all got to come on. Love you, love you all very much. Ed Roman, thank you, my co-host, and Piper Casper, my co-host, and my guest and good friend, Mr. Ed. And I'm not even going to call him by his straw man name. So, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Ed was on. I'm getting all kinds of PMs here from questions that are late in the game. Thank you very much, audience. We'd love you to come in late like this.
So anyway, uh, whatever you vividly imagine, ardently desire, and enthusiastically act upon, just might, it just might come to pass if you really believe that it will. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is Kyler Davenport, Ed Johnston, Ed Roman, and Piper Casper, and we are out of here. Bye-bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.